Hi, it's Jack. Welcome to episode 6, Travel and Get Lost. This extra long vacation episode, I will tell some travel stories, give some travel tips and interview a former tour guide. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did making it. Alright, let's start off with some travel stories. It was really hard to pick some, but uh, after some thought I came up with three of them. The first one was my first trip abroad without any family. It must have been 1994, 1995, and I went to Israel. Already, just going to the airport was an adventure, I must say. And when we came to the, uh, to board the flight, there were actually people with guns in front of the airplane, because it was El Al. That was mm, odd. <laughs> when we arrived in Israel, uh, they lost my luggage. Luckily enough, we planned to stay at uh, some people's home for a few days, sort of family, I, I believe. I can't really remember, it's years ago. Uh, but in the end, we, we got it back and uh, we started hitchhiking, uh, which was quite an adventure. I never did that before. And uh, these army guys, they, they took us to, a Dead sea, to the Dead Sea and it was like a giant party because everybody in the arms scene in Israel uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, has only two weeks of vacation, and they party hard. So after all that partying, we took a bus north up to Germany, and uh, we saw a little forest there. And we didn't see a lot of forest, because, you know, it's Israel, so we thought, okay, we, we go to the, walk to this forest. Um, we climbed over a fence and just uh, went to this forest, and it was quite a nice adventure, you know, and when we got back out of this forest, we had to climb another fence, and we look back, and we see this sign on the fence that says, watch out, mines. We literally walked through a minefield. Oh my gosh, like, so if I can give you one tip from this, like, do your research, you know, I'll get back to travel tips later, but... Do your research, know where you're going. The second story is about my first visit to Costa Rica in 2004. Uh, we stayed in a sort of hostel in the rainforest and uh, quite nice. And we met some uh, people from Norway there and they were there to make photos from snakes. So I have to remind you, this is 2004, there's no smartphones these were like big cameras and uh it sounded interesting so we tagged along and we went to the rainforest and they caught all kind of snakes i got to catch some snakes if they said they weren't poisonous quite an adventure and they put them in these bags burlap bags and then they often took the snakes somewhere uh, to look at it better and took a picture of it. But there was this one snake that I really wanted to take a picture of. And uh, they caught it. And it was called a seven-step snake. You do seven steps. If it bites you, 
You can do seven more steps, then you're dead. They caught it, put it in the bag, took it to the hostel. We go to a little area where we unpack the snake. And then the snake actually sort of jumps out of this burlap bag and bites whatever his name was. And he turns white, like 50 shades of white lighter, like much whiter than a usual human being. And he was like 10, 9, 7 in that adorable accent. But back then, not so adorable. We were shitting bricks because we really thought he was going to buy to die and it was like three two one and then there was this huge sigh of relief we had a beer first and uh, tried to figure out what happened you know like uh, was it not the right snake or whatever and what t- uh, it turned out to be is that the snake bit the burlap bag several times, so it do- didn't have any poison left. The next day, they took the snake to the waterfall. They made a great picture of it. I didn't go with them, but uh, it was uh, quite uh, the the hostile experience, I must say. <laughs> The third and last story I will tell you is uh, takes place in Thailand, where I lived two and a half years in total, and I got so many stories. So it took me a while to pick one, but I picked one that really happened in the beginning that I was in Thailand, because it really illustrates that Thailand keeps surprising you. And every time when I get go there, uh, something new happens. So what happened was I I went for dinner. I was working at a school so often I didn't eat at school. I went out to have dinner in a village nearby and uh, had a cold Coke, you know, with some ice like they do there. And, you know, I had a full bladder. I had to go to the toilet. So I went to the toilet, quite common. There's a guy looking at me while I'm coming in. Bit less common, but, you know, can happen. Then I take my junk out and start to pee and the guy starts massaging me while I'm peeing. Not common. What what does one do? I can turn around and spray the guy. So I finished my business, zipped up, you know, went to wash my hands. I almost skipped and ran out, by the way. And... So when I watered my hands, he came with soap and smiled at me. And it was like this smile sort of was not that creepy. But still, I didn't know. So I I took the soap, I washed my hands so they were nice and clean. And then he wanted money. I'm like, I went to the bathroom. Like, I don't know how this works. Is this normal that you get massages and they put soap in your hands and then ask for money? So I didn't really know what to say. So I just stumbled something and I went back to my table and I went home without desserts. But an experience I wouldn't forget ever, obviously. I did pick up some Leo on the way home. That's a kind of Thai beer. And I had to sit 
outside for a while just to process everything. By the way, I've been to many bathrooms in Thailand since then. Never met this guy uh, anymore or any other people that were massaging me in the toilet. So it was really a one-off. Don't go to Thailand and thinking you will get a massage in the toilet, okay? You're going to be disappointed. All right, that was story time with Jack. Let's move on to some travel tips. My number one tip is to prepare. Have a simple plan. Know some of the stops that you're going to make, but leave some rule to explore, to do activities. You might get to a place that you really like and then you want to stay a little bit longer or you get a tip from somebody and you want to check that out. Also, in your simple plan, keep in mind that seeing a small area well is much better than trying to see everything quickly. If you're going to Austria, for instance, don't try to see the whole country. It's just not doable. Focus on some nice areas and really check those out. My second tip is to stay in a variety of places. Don't stay in only hostels or hotel. Try Airbnb, uh, Couchsurfing or a local network like we have Natuurhuisje in, in the Netherlands, which are sort of a nature houses. And try to get a nice mix of luxury and, and cheap places. This will give you a different experience than you're maybe used to, but it will definitely show you different spots in the country. My third and last tip is uh, wherever you are, ask around. Don't rely only on your lonely planet and your internet search. Uh, just ask people before and during your trip where to go, what to see. And yeah, in my opinion, the best resource is people that have just been there or coming back from a certain place and they're all excited but they will, or, or not about the place but they will be upfront about you you're both traveling and you both are there to to make the best of it you know to have a good time so ask around if you have a good tip please send a message to growsomewalls at gmail.com or send me a message on facebook or instagram and uh, maybe I will uh, do another episode about all these travel tips that we got and uh, or use them in a story somewhere or just use them for myself uh, on my travels. But uh, it would be nice to hear uh, uh, back from you. After the break, I interview my intern Jody van Ingelstorp. Hi everyone, I wanted to take the time to thank you for listening. I really appreciate I see people are listening from all over the world, which is so crazy. Like, I know there's like one person in Argentina that listens to me. <laughs> I feel uh, I, I like it so much that somebody all the way there is listening to me. Um, I really appreciate it. It, it makes, makes me keep going. If you guys have a good idea for an episode or a good story to tell or you would like to be interviewed or you have an amazing idea of who I should interview in English, please let me know. I'm open for ideas. 
Together we can make it a great podcast. Uh, the upcoming episode is all about China. I'll probably interview my wife because she's Chinese and some other people. But if you have any questions or remarks or something that you really want to know about China, send me a message and uh, I will include it in the next episode. So you were, uh, you want to become a teacher now, but before you wanted to become a teacher, you were a... Tour guide. Yes. So from when to when were you a travel guide? Um, from when to when? Wow, that is a good question. <laughs> I honestly forgot. Um, so I started being a local guide in the Netherlands when I was... That's 12 years ago. What was it? 2009? 2009, yes. Okay. That sounds, that sounds yeah. like a long time <laughs> it ago. It sounds right, yeah. And then um, the tour guiding started like uh, four years later. So that was 2013, from 2013. And I still feel that I'm still a tour guide. So, but uh, there's been a two year uh, gap. <laughs> and that's because of Corona, right? Yeah. Yes. But you want to do something different now? Yes. And why? what made you stop wanting to be a tour guide? Well, I still really want to be a tour guide. I'm still going to continue in that field as well. However, due to Corona, um, I couldn't do my job anymore. And it's a very uh, unstable job. You don't have any security. Because you're self-employed, generally you are. Um, and so you just really have to be be lucky. There has to be work. And every time something like this happens, it's not like a primary need tourism. So uh, you kind of lose your job. So I wanted to do something else that I knew I could at least have a stable income when I need it. And what would be the biggest plus of this job? Tour guide? Yeah. The biggest plus is, is I yeah, the travel for sure. I love going to different places. And also because traveling uh, is great, but also returning to the same place is also really nice because these places start to feel strangely familiar, like home. Uh, and you keep getting more uh, yeah, familiar with these places and that's really nice. You start to know people who live there and who also work in the business and so it becomes like the world becomes smaller but in such a great way. Yeah, and you learn so much from other cultures as well, which is nice. And, and in what countries did you guide people? So I, when I guide, it's only in Europe. So I traveled outside as well, but for my work, it's only in Europe. And um, it's like these best of Europe tours. So we go to the Netherlands, uh, Germany, Austria, Italy, Switzerland, France, and um, Belgium as well. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. What, what, what was your favorite place? My favorite place? Um, to give guides. I love all the places. I like it. I like the combination. I love 
Switzerland, because when I get to Switzerland, usually with my groups, it's after a long period of traveling and talking and museums and crowds. And so then when you get to Switzerland, you get to take your group um, to a mountain and see a whole different side of Europe. But um, otherwise, I feel like, yeah, all these places have their own special things. But Italy is really great because of um, the, the history there is, is wild. Yeah. Um, what is the most fun person you met on one of these trips? Like, was it like somebody that actually was a guide too? Or was it somebody that was taking your tour? Mm. I feel because as a tour guide, you work really close to your bus driver, always. And so I feel that, uh, yeah, we see a lot of the other tour guides as well on the road, which is nice. But your bus driver, you're with them for the two or three weeks that you do the tour. Uh, so they become real like friends uh, and they're such, um, yeah, how you say it? Um, uh, colorful people <laughs> they have their own jokes and uh, and they they have so much more information about this place because they've been traveling to it a lot as well so they always help you out there's nothing like having a good relation with your bus driver because that's like they yeah you work together you're a team so that's always really nice and i always get really like emotional seeing them again it's really good but sometimes tour members as well i've met some tour members who went on a second tour of mine and we really became friends too because you're with them for two or three weeks it's kind of having like a group of kids like your class you feel like you become this weird kind of family and it's so strange that you have to leave that after three weeks so yeah a lot of good people <laughs> and what makes a good bus driver a good bus driver um well Good bus drivers are the ones, of course, who know the road <laughs> uh, and who also like warn you ahead of time. Like um, if they're, yeah, they, they know the roads better than you do because I, of course, have my Google Maps and stuff, but then you don't know where the bus can go. Yes or no. Uh, so they always think with you about what's the best way to go. Um, and they take good care of your clients as well. And they also say, say it how it is. So I like that we work with a lot of Dutch and Belgian bus drivers because they're direct. So they tell also people people how it is. And a good bus driver is just someone who's, who wants to be a team with you. I also heard horrible stories of bus drivers who work against you and that makes it really hard. But it goes two ways. I also have to work for them. So I have to make sure that these people keep their bus clean. And then, yeah, if you have, yeah, so it's just, uh, it's two ways. But yeah, if they want to drive the extra mile for you, that's always nice. <laughs> yeah. And but how did you get started in that job? Like you said, you started in 2009. How did you end up doing that? So I used to work in an Indonesian restaurant, the Lachania Van in Haarlem. Really good food. <laughs> Shout out to shout out to, to Lachnia Van. Yes, they, they um. Uh, so I worked there, and the company that I worked for, they had their groups eat there. So uh, the start of that tour, their groups would come and eat eat over there, 
And so I was always their waitress. And they would then, after the, the restaurant, go on a local tour with a local guide from Haarlem. And that local guide, he became a tour guide. So he needed someone to replace him. But he couldn't find anyone. And one day he was eating in the restaurant with his wife. And we always chatted together. Um, and he said, like, and I was saying, like, oh, that sounds like a dream job. He was like, well, why don't you take over my local guiding job? So I laughed. I was like, yeah, you're kidding, right? <laughs> and then uh, he said, no, no, really? So then I became the local guide. And I was 21 at the time. So the company was like, wait, what? A 21-year-old is going to be the local guide in Harlem? What does she know? But it turned out to be an amazing fit um, because I was also the first European that they, the Americans would see. And then I would tell about our tax system and all the things that they want to know about politics. They want to know about our tax system. Yeah, and like schools and everything because we pay such high taxes. It's very different compared to the States. So they, they're really curious about money and everything. So um, yeah, so it was a great fit. And then after a few years, when I finished my studies, I was like, oh, this is so nice. I need to go with them on tour. And then I was already working for them for four years. So I just asked, can I, can I assist some tours, like become a tour assistant? And they said yes. So from then on, uh, yeah. That's the story. And this organization was called Rick Steves Europe. So I've Ooh, heard that shout name. Shout out! <laughs> I heard that name before. Uh, yeah. What What's their goal when 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 you go on a trip with them? Like what's what's the goal? Just to be to to learn about history or to teach travel. So Rick Steves, um, when you when you're in America, you know him. He's a well-known name. Uh, he's a, travel guru from the States, basically. He has his own TV program, radio, and but he started out making guidebooks. So he went to Europe, he wrote his own guidebook, and then people started to want to travel with him. Um, and he found it really important that, uh, yeah, that, that Americans feel safe to travel in Europe. And then he also yeah, teaches how to travel because he saw other tour companies do what he's doing now and he just didn't like it because the tour companies would stay in big hotels outside the city and he was like well the nightlife of cities is so important um, and he would see that people would have to pay all these extra money for extra kickbacks and things to do uh, and he didn't want that he just wanted to have honest travel but also teach people how to travel and he's doing a great job because like with all these videos like how to avoid pickpockets, but also how to take the subway and all of that. Yeah. So what, what do you teach to people on, on that tour? Like, can you name some examples of things that you get taught then? Um, yes. Of, uh, well, like, like, for instance, taking the train, such a easy thing for us to do in the Netherlands. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you just, just teach them that. And, um, and how to um, navigate through a city like Venice, for instance. Like, what do you do? What do you look out for? And um, also, uh, yeah, just just the little things. And um, but also how to 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 skip museum lines, for instance. Like, just book your tickets in advance. And so we give them these tools, what makes travel easier, and then that they feel safe to come back to Europe 
and do it by themselves because uh yeah we get excited by that and what would be the number one thing that people are like oh i didn't know that could be that easy or i wish i would have known that earlier the people that will not go on a tour with you anymore yeah yeah what, um, what would you like to to share as a like a hack or a, like that's a really good question <laughs> um yeah well i think that it's not that scary that's basically what it is because traveling isn't that scary it's very similar everywhere also most europeans speak english because a lot of Americans are afraid of that, that they have to speak in other languages. Um, but yeah, definitely that it's it's really easy travel. It's just, especially now with the internet and everything, uh, yeah, you just have to get out there and, uh, and start. Because I think it's, yeah. So yeah, that's basically what, what a lot of people come back with, the, the overall picture with, oh, well, it's much easier than I thought, <laughs> yeah. So if you travel by yourself, well, let me ask another question first. Do you prefer to travel alone because you normally do these tour guides or when you travel, do you to travel with someone else? Um, I don't go on group tours. I did that once with, with Rick Steves, which was really fun. Uh, we went to Turkey and we went to do the whole tour experience with a bunch of tour guides and it was amazing. Um, but usually I go travel by myself, especially when I have work, um, worked so much in cities. I just like to go into nature and, and forget. But when I go to a city, like with friends, um, I always try and find a local guide because I do that. I did learn that from my job is that when you when you go to a city and just the first day, get yourself a local guide or even in a museum or something who can explain you more about the culture, about the food, about the history, because buildings start coming more alive as well. Cause you start to realize, you start to see signs that you didn't notice earlier. So that is something I do now. Yeah. And it's annoying for friends as well because they show me pictures of holidays. I was like, oh, what does that mean? And then they don't know. And I'm like, why didn't you get a local guy? <laughs> it's just what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but you prefer not to travel alone? I Like all by myself, you mean? Yes. Um, no. Yeah, I have traveled by myself all alone. But I like to share the experience with someone. That's kind of, you know, that you can reminisce with a friend oh do you remember that and yeah but then i do like to travel what i like about traveling alone is that you meet people much easier so that that is nice yeah yeah i was wondering about that because you give these tours so you're actually traveling by yourself but you got the bus driver mm -hmm. you got some company but it's work so if you're like if you want to enjoy your country and you really want to learn something sometimes it's hard to travel with somebody so you, you do need to Go with somebody that has the same attitude. Yeah, yeah, for so sure. Is it easy to find people to that have sort of the same, that like the same style of traveling? Um, yeah, I think I surrounded myself with, um, well, especially I'm a twin, so my twin sister likes the same stuff. So that's a good, good one. Um, but I feel, I feel that yes, not, not as I'm more of a hiking and mountain biking kind of person. So you know, you have to. Uh, you have to find a balance always when you go with a friend, of course. But touring, uh, doing the work is re really a lonely job. 
and people should know that if you want to go and do that realize that that even though you're with a big big group all the time you're always alone because they are you know you always have to be on the job with your mind and you cannot be uh, like if you have problems at home you cannot talk about that to your to your clients because now they are there to have a nice holiday so yeah it is a it's a lonely job so if you come home you really you do want to surround yourself with loved ones and everything and what are your reasons for traveling what what do you want to get out of if you travel to a country or more than one what do you want to get from your travels um what i love about travel is yeah learning more uh different cultures because um even though it's just a country away uh, even if you just go to belgium for instance like they have different ways of doing things uh, than we do uh, which is uh it's always very helpful to see how other cultures do things but also just to see all the nature like i'm a biology nerd too so, <laughs> so i just i love seeing the nature and just being inside nature like that's but i don't really have a have a main goal but just to feel um a little bit smaller maybe and just get outside and i don't know it's just so magical like seeing the raw power of nature and i don't know yeah so and and so most of the time you like to enjoy the culture and the nature and the food and culture. the food yeah. <laughs> yeah the food is part of the culture yeah. for sure <laughs> the food culture is very important is there is, is there one trip in your life that stands out that you're like this is my favorite trip of all time that you think of like okay if i can tell like one great destination that i had and it was oh, great man. because of this is there because it's a ridiculous question i know because yeah. there's so many places you've been there's there's a moment on my travel that was um why i have several i love uh but one moment that always sticks out is uh i learned scuba diving in indonesia and uh, i was with my sister and we went to the komodo islands and there you can go scuba dive really nice in in april and that's when the manta rays are there so you have manta points and I just learned how to scuba dive. And I feel that going underwater, it's it's like it's like going into space because you don't belong there. As a human, you don't belong underwater. At least you can't breathe there and then suddenly you can. And then we went 10 meters deep and there were the manta rays. And they were just so big and majestic. And it was like, I know all these endorphins going through my body it was just such a wild moment. It was one of the most amazing moments. Uh, so that I love scuba diving. I want to do that more. That was that was one of the best moments. But then for a destination, I would also yeah Indonesia. Yes, it's great. Uh, but Tasmania was one of my favorites. It's um yeah of course the the island of. Australia next to Australia the, uh, that was a really good place as well because it's what you expect from Australia like the outback and um, it's still really much there in Tasmania it's so not a lot of people are there um, it's very empty you still drive on a lot of dirt roads uh, you can go camping 
in the wild. Uh, it's just that that's also an amazing place. Tasmania. How big is Tasmania? Um, I don't know the size of it, but you can drive around it in like a week or something. So we took okay. two weeks. That, yeah, it's not a, like a small <laughs> island. It's big enough that you can spend a whole vacation there, pretty much. Yes, yes, and I can definitely recommend it because. I was really excited going to New Zealand. I went to New Zealand. It's super touristy. <laughs> I mean, this was my opinion, yeah. But I'm also big on going outside in nature, hiking and everything. And I think people who love to hike, um, if they go to New Zealand, you might be a little bit disappointed because it's very touristy to go hiking there. And then if you go hiking in Europe, if in anywhere in Austria, you're alone. So then if you go to New Zealand, you're with thousands of other people on these small roads so that disappointed me and then what i wanted from new zealand i got from tasmania don't get me wrong new zealand is beautiful but tasmania is still undiscovered so don't go there don't go to tasmania (laughs) um is there something that you always take with you no matter where you go that you always take with you hmm used to be my hiking boots, but they died. <laughs> so, they died. They had a sole yeah. and it died. Yeah, they just, it just died. So no, no. There's not some, something you take with you? Mm, no, no. Do you pack electronics when you go on a trip? What do you take? Uh, I always have my phone, of course. Um, my camera. love to have a better camera than your phone. Um, and... If I go on a big trip, so if it's for for work or if it's like a um, a trip for a couple uh, of months or something, I always take my tablet as well because sometimes it's just a little bit easier to have a big screen in front of you um, to just yeah find your new destination where you want to go or book tickets or something. So and a tablet is super light, so if you have that, then yeah. Have you ever gone on a trip without electronics? I mean, when I was a kid, but no. No? <laughs> no, no, sadly, no. Me, me neither, to no. be honest. Like, I always bring my phone now and often my computer and, you know, some other stuff that I, my headset and, you know. Yeah. I bring pretty much everything because <laughs> I'm so used to it. But I wonder how it would be without, like how the travel experience would be because I'm so used to... Just checking my phone. Okay, where am I now? Got to go there. But that means that I go from A to B. And I miss sort of going from A to B and not knowing how I go from A to B and ask people and passing other things I wouldn't have seen otherwise and having conversations I wouldn't have. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious. You I should pr- make a game of it. Then you don't have to do it every day, but like. Just pick a day that you don't use your phone. That's a good. That's a good tip. You can just you can do a day without your phone and see how it, how it yeah. works out. Yeah, exactly. Why not? Well, that's when I'm in Venice. Venice is one of those places where a phone doesn't help you because uh, all these streets are so close to, to each other. So when you are like connected to the satellite and Google Maps says this is where you are, usually you're in a street next to it, parallel to it or something. So you always see tourists struggle there uh, or they try to use a map, but n- none of these things help help you. You just have to have this, uh, they have these perfectly good signs all over Venice showing you where the main uh, 
points are, the main squares or anything. So if you follow those and you generally know what direction you have to go to, uh, then you cannot get lost in Venice. But everybody always gets lost in Venice because they try to use their phone. So it's really funny to look at, but I can recommend not using it there. <laughs> Uh, let's say you have no money, you have zero euro, and you still want to do a trip. Yeah. Is that possible? Um, I think so. You just have to be creative about it, right? Um, I think, uh, and it really depends what you want to get out of it. So then you probably have to work on that trip. Uh, so you can become a tour guide. That's how you travel for free. <laughs> That's a good one. Or, you know, an au pair somewhere. Um I think if you look around, there's a lot of places that you can go uh, with no money, but you just have to have to work a little bit, like work on the fields or um, volunteer work. There's a lot of volunteer places you can go. My cheapest trip was uh, when I was 21. I, I had 800 euros and me and my friend, we went interrailing. Uh, so the Euro rail, you can still get one of those tickets where you can travel within 21 days, you can travel five or 10 days by train. So you can see all of Europe. Uh, and we, our 800 euros took us 21 days through Europe. We went mostly to Eastern Europe. So that's not zero euros, but it's still, if you want it, you can travel for really, really cheap, especially when you're younger, hostels and stuff. So yeah. What do you think is a reasonable amount to spend on a, on a trip now? Hmm. Um, it really depends where you go, right? But, so. but like, what, what would you say? Like, uh, you wouldn't say that it would be cheap, but it's not like, man, that's a lot of money to go for a trip. Like, what is a normal amount to spend according to you? Hmm. Well, for me, for myself now, I have this cut off but that's with everything with flights and a hotel and um activities i feel like you know like 800 a week but i feel like that's that's a lot of money for a lot of people so that's my cut off now but if you go to asia you can travel for a few weeks for 800 euros so it's really and if you use a hostels for instance or if you go camping uh, it can even be cheaper. So it really depends on your uh, your needs. But if you go, for instance, with Rick Steves, <laughs> you have to pay uh, like 4,000 euros for three weeks. And that is uh, hotel, uh, tour guide, local guides, and um, museums included. But there's still a lot of some extra costs, like the flight is not included and everything. So... Uh, if you want to go on a tour, touring trip, it's much more expensive. So if I would go on my by myself, it would be at least half the cost. So for three weeks, yeah. What and do you think? How much do you spend on it? <laughs> how do you like to spend on trips? The, I, I spend a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I spend a lot now. I, I didn't so much in the past. I stayed at youth hostels mainly and I... You know, cheaper places, and I also went often to cheaper countries because I'm a teacher, so I'm on vacation for I, w I can go on vacation for longer. But if I would, I'll do it high end, it's just going crazy. But I think that you said most of the time 3,000 that's what I spend per person 
for three weeks or for depends on yeah, the destination. Depends. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. So true, yeah. Now I'm going to Austria, which is quite expensive. I go two and a half weeks, and I probably will spend two and a half thousand per yeah. person because I just want to make the best of these two and a half weeks. But if I go to China next year again, uh, then I probably will spend less. Because yeah. we have family there, we can stay. So the flight is then the main cost. But for the rest, there's a lot of friends there. Uh, Ching knows where to stay. That is still kind of comfortable, but you have your own place. You know, I'm 40. Like at some point, like money is not that important. I'm in the luxury that we both work. So yeah, if we're going away, I'd rather make it a little bit more luxurious now i've done like a lot of backpacking and hosteling <laughs> hitchhiking couch yeah. surfing you know at some point it's it's been good i really liked it but you know at some point i'm like yeah let's get a nice place like i'm not a big fan of hotels mm. like i do take a hotel now and then but i like those homestays a lot or bed and breakfast a nice yeah. airbnb for instance that is mm. like a little bit different or staying on a boat something that just it's totally different. If I would give you, if I would give you 25,000 euro and you can only spend it on traveling, how would you spend it? Oh man, I would be gone for the whole year. <laughs> okay, so it's going to be a year trip. Then. It's going to be a year trip. Uh, and I'm going to spend, I'm going to start with the more expensive places. You know, so I always wanted to go to Alaska. So I would definitely go to Alaska. I would go, yeah, see the whales, uh, see the glaciers, and yeah, I would probably go to a lot of cold, cold places, maybe the Antarctic or, you know, Greenland, Iceland, um, go to Lapland, 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 how is it? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, yeah, I would go to a lot of cold places that are more expensive and harder to reach and get like real mountain gear and all of that. Um, and then uh, I would end it up. Oh, I also want to go to Africa. So I would also go there, you know, go on a Africa's safari. A place. And yeah. uh, well, I'll probably first do like the because I never done any of that. So then the, the stereotypical things like South Africa, safari. Then uh, maybe go to Morocco, Egypt, that that kind of stuff, and um, and I would do a lot of scuba diving, and more more of Asia. Like I never been to the Philippines, which is supposed to be amazing. So that kind of stuff. But I'll be gone, or I would go on one of those long hikes. But then then you can just add another year because with twenty five thousand euros you can do a lot. You know those uh, the Appalachian Trail or those kind of. Um, things will be cool too well yeah. there might be a chance because i'm gonna buy you a ticket oh. uh, that you can win money a lottery ticket <laughs> and who knows you will win money the question is are you gonna go travel alone all year i could i can't that. cut this eh? i can't <laughs> cut this out <laughs> yes um yeah of course <laughs> no 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 i wouldn't travel alone i would travel part of it alone of course yeah yeah you would part alone and the rest but you have to find someone crazy enough to go with you right 
I mean, I would share, of course, I would share the money, right? You wanna, but a lot of people like. I don't say you have to share the money. No, that, no, 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 no. But I feel, yeah, it is nice if you want to share the experience. You have to share share the money, probably. That's nice. But um, I would try to drag my sister with me because I think my sister it would be the best experience because we have the same idea of travel. That's because you grew up together and your parents just like hammered their opinion into us so bad that we, we feel the same way. Yeah. What is one place you would like to take your parents to? Let's say you win a hundred thousand and you um, want to take them. Show, you, you, you got more than a year now to travel, right? So with a yeah. hundred thousand, where would you take your parents? At Tasmania. Yes, because I think they would love it. And I, I'm going to go back there for sure. Yeah, to Tasmania. Yeah. Good tip. I'm, now I want to go to Tasmania. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> the only not so great part is the roadkill you see there. But that's because there's so much animals there. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm used to roadkill in Canada. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of deer, a lot of raccoons. It's it's nasty. But you get, you get used to it. Um... So there's also a playlist that will come with this uh, episode. It has three songs of every country. Oh. Um, now, I already put three songs on there for Holland, but I'm curious if you have to represent Holland on that list. Are there three songs that you would like to put on there? Well, so... On my tours, I always play a lot of music as well in the bus uh, because people really, really love it. I would definitely, even though it's cheesy, um, put the Wilhelmus on there, our national anthem. Um, it's a really good song. <laughs> it was our patriotic song in uh, yeah during the 80-year war. So, yeah, I like it. Um, I think uh, that... Then you need to have one of the, how you call them? Who knows me that? Does yeah, like uh, one of Andre Hases, you know. You, you need Andre Hases. You need Andre Hases. Which song though? Um, well, I would do the one. Um, uh, uh, Blood, sweat, and tranen. Mm. Blood, sweat, and tears. I put a bit of relief on there. Ah, uh, yeah, that's also good. But I put that one on there because my wife had to learn it for Dutch class. Ah, yeah. No, I like the story from Blood, Sweat and Tears. Okay, so what uh, others we have in common? Yeah. And now your third choice. So um, you have the national anthem, Andre Hases, and... Oh, it's so hard because there's a lot of good ones. But I feel that uh, if you put like something like Bluff, people respond really well to Bluff. So I think... I would I would do uh, probably bluff um, and on uh, dancing at sea the dance and say yeah mm. I really like that oh uh, I'll think of that I might put that on there yeah uh, so that was the interview thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to answer some questions uh, we had or I had actually maybe only <laughs> some people welcome. online had some questions so I enjoyed it oh good I enjoyed it too thank you for having me <laughs> it was a joy yeah. that was Jody I'm happy to tell you she has found a new position for next school year she'll be a great teacher and 
We'll stay in touch, since she recommended attending an introduction improvisation class, and we both loved it, and signed up. So, something to look forward to after the vacation. Because now it's time to grow some walls. <laughs>